Well, welcome again. My name is Craig. I'm so happy to be here with you this morning. So good to have the youth in the service with us. I'm especially excited that you're here, uh, students, to hear from my good friend, Reverend Mark Munchie. You having some trouble there, Mark? Come on, buddy. (laughs) I'm going to introduce to you this this good friend of mine uh, in a moment, but I just want to recap where we've been this summer. In this series, By Faith, you've had the chance to hear about amazing stories from Scripture and you've been able to hear some of our stories who have been standing up here to share our, our by faith stories. And my hope is that it's really encouraged you to understand and step into the reality that the Lord has by faith stories to play out in your lives. He wants to, he wants to take you further. He wants to do powerful things in and through you. When we, when we put the sermon series together, which was you know, several months ago, Adam and I were sitting together thinking through this summer And when we came to the story of Moses, and we knew that we wanted to invite people in with stories to tell, I I remember saying to Adam, I wonder if Dr. uh, Reverend Mark Mark Munchie would be able to come and join us. Because I thought, this story parallels some of what I know his story is. I want to just tell you a little bit of what I know of Mark and what's going on in his ministry, Christian Service Society in Bangladesh, this last year through a few photos, okay? So let's take a look at a couple photos. I think this first one you'll have seen before, some of you who have been in the church quite a bit. This first picture is a picture of Carrie and Adam Deepa Squall, John Dishinger and Evan Harmon, who, um, I'm sorry, Evan Juska, who went to Bangladesh just close to this time last year to celebrate something very, very special for Christian Service Society. And what they celebrated is seen in this next picture, picture the Golden Jubilee, 50 years of Christian Service Society in the country of Bangladesh. Isn't that incredible? 50 years. Mark's father and mother started the ministry. Mark took it over from him, what, 29 years, 30 years ago? 29. 29 years ago and have continued to do incredible ministry there. And so you'll see that some of the celebration pictures. The next one is you know, inc- the dancing that was going on. They had fireworks one night. Adam got to speak and spoke a powerful message over that congregation. You would have been a proud of, of your pastor as he imparted to this community the message of peace and encouragement. There was prayer and worship. You'll see here the praying over one another for the next season of ministry at CSS. And of course... The next picture, eating. You have to eat at a celebration, right? And I've been to Bangladesh. I've been uh, to this center before, and I've eaten well. That's for sure. I always come back just a little plumper from these trips. But what does CSS do? I want to show you a few pictures that shows you the kind of ministry that they do. This next one is of a gentleman. He's not wearing this thing on his head as a uh, statement of, um, you know, trying to look good. He's a baker. And he took a microfinance loan from CSS and built a business from something very small into a thriving business in Bangladesh. And I want you to know, now listen to this number for a second, because I want you to understand a little of the scope of what CSS does in Bangladesh. Now this country has 0.4%, 0. 0.4% of 1% Christian. It's primarily a Muslim cult, a community, but this organization called Christian Service Society is one of the largest NGOs in the country. 364,000 families have received microfinance loans this year, correct? Just this year, and 92% of them are women 
who are taking small loans and building businesses, you want to guess what the repayment rate is? 99.5%. 98.2% on time. But 99.5% in total. Is it, I mean, where do you see that happen? Incredible. I wanted you to see this picture of this gentleman. This is just one example of 364,000. The next picture you're going to see is of a community school. And there I am. I'm not going to show you the picture of the kid who's crying next to me because that one's a little bit embarrassing. I, didn't, I promise I didn't make them cry. But we got to go and see these community schools happening all over the region of Kulna and beyond. And then the next picture, you're going to see the investment in young leaders. I got the chance to teach a group of, I don't know, 40 or 50 young leaders. Yeah. And this organization, Christian Service Society, is raising up the next generation of Christian leaders for the country. The next picture you're going to see is a church school. Mark has done an amazing work to decentralize the ministry out into the community where the churches are taking ownership of discipling young kids who come to know the Lord Jesus. And these kids, by the way, are some of the most needy kids in Bangladesh, those who are without parents or parents who cannot care for them. And then you're going to see the nursing school and hospital. Can you believe them? This is all one ministry, by the way. (laughs) All one ministry. 50 years of committed ministry. This picture right here is that island that we've told you about. Uh, It's a brothel island. And really the only light of hope for these women who are really enslaved as sex workers is someone like this woman between John and I who gives uh, free health care services onto that island to those, those women. Many of their children end up in the schools at CSS and are given a real hope and a future. And then the last photo I want to show you is the picture of a gift that we gave to Mark this time last year. It was, it's a painting that our friend Bryn Gillette did called The Sower. And The Sower is from, this, from the biblical story of sowing seeds. And, and Mark, we actually want to present you with a, a, another gift today. Uh, as we were thinking about having you here to celebrate 50 years of CSS... And if you ask me about humble leadership, at the top of the list of humble leaders, I would put Mark. We want to present to you today what we've called the Beacon of Light Award, Mark, because you have let your light shine from the verses Matthew 5, 16. And it says, in recognition of your lifetime commitment of bringing hope to the people of Bangladesh by being the hands and feet of Jesus. And we present it to you today, Mark. Thank you. Thank you so much, Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Beautiful. Thank you. Haley, Haley will come and collect it for you. Mark didn't know we were going to do this, so. <laughs> of course. Mark, we are so... I feel so privileged to be with you here today, and we're going to preach the Word of God together about the story of Moses. Let me give you just a little bit of background, and then I'm going to invite Mark up to share some of the incredible stories of what God has done in his life and in the ministry. Moses, born into slavery in Egypt. You remember the story that was shared a few weeks back about Jochebed, Shipra, and Pua, those women that feared God so much so that they did what was right And saved this child Moses and many other children of Israel because they were not fearing Pharaoh, but they were wanting to follow the Lord. And they did. Now, Moses, as he grows up, even in the scriptures we read, he is not perfect. 
He struggles. In fact, he was a murderer before he became the chosen person of God to go and free Israel from Egypt. He struggled with God. Exodus 6.30 says, Moses argued with the Lord. I can't do it, he said. I'm such a clumsy speaker. Why should Pharaoh listen to me? Do you remember that story? If you've read it from the past, you probably remember where he struggles with God. He says, why would you choose me? I can't even speak. But when God called through the burning bush experience, and we see that uh, in this verse, I will be with you, God says, from the burning bush. And this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. The promise of the Lord given to Moses through that burning bush. Doesn't it remind you of something? It immediately reminded me of something from the New Testament. The Great Commission. Jesus' last words to you and me. These were his last words. I am with you always. Even to the end of the age. Isn't that good news? It's what helped Moses be able to do the things that he thought he could never do. And it's what helps you and I do the things that we think we could never do. And so with the assurance of God, Moses obeyed. Even if it was reluctantly, he obeyed and he stepped in. And here are some of the results. And these are going to be some of the points that we want to share with you today. By faith, Moses abandoned the good life. By faith, Moses prioritized others instead of himself. By faith, Moses kept his eyes fixed on the Lord. And by faith, Moses experienced the power of God. We welcome Reverend Mark Munchie to share with us today. Thank you, brother. Good morning. Good morning. It's uh, great to be here with you all to worship Lord of Lords and King of Kings. I'd like to say thanks to Pastor Craig, Pastor Adams, the elders and leaders, and to all of you for giving me this great opportunity to share what God is doing all around the world, other side of the world. (laughs) I want to thank God um, for many years of blessed partnership between Walnut Hill Community Church and Christian Service Society, CSS. Thank you for your prayer and financial support. Let me give you, uh, Pastor Craig told you about CSS, and um, I'll just make it short, just a little bit update about CSS. By grace of God and your prayer, the ministry is growing tremendously. Right now, we have almost... 2,500 workers helping and showing Christ's love to the 100,000 people every day. And many people are coming to Christ. As you know, I'm sure uh, some of you know that. Uh, Maybe for some of you it will be uh, new information. Bangladesh is in South Asia. It is one of the poorest countries in the world. Listen, pay attention. 66 times smaller than U.S., the land size. 66 times smaller than U.S., two-thirds is underwater. But half of the U.S. population, almost 200 million, half of the U.S. population live in this small country. 66 times smaller than U.S., two-thirds is underwater. 
and half of the U.S. population live in this area. 91% Muslim. And as Pastor Greg also mentioned, 0.4% Christian, very few Christian. But you will hear how God is using this minority. I mean, not even 1%, (laughs) 0.4% Christian, but how mightily God using Christian to this country where 99.6% lost people who doesn't know God. And God is doing tremendous work. God is doing massive work. In last couple of weeks, you heard from powerful speaker about the faith journey of God's people in the Bible. This morning, Pastor Craig also greatly talked about Moses' faith. Moses had a strong faith in God in different situations in his life. Now I like to talk about our faith journey that you and me go through. How much faith do you and I have in God? How much faith we have in God? Let me quote it from Jeremiah 29, 11. God said, I have a great plan for your life. But personally, I believe that God has a plan not just for our life, but our marriage, our family, our children, our uh, great children. Granddad, uh, grandchildren, God has a plan for. He has whole year, hundred years plan for our life. Mm-hmm. If you want to see, if you me want to see that God is doing something miracle in our marriage, by faith we have to take a step. If you want to see there's something great thing happening in our children's life, in our family, in our grandchildren's life, by faith we have to take the first step. Until we have full faith in God, he cannot, God cannot release his great plan that he has for us. The moment we fully trust him, he releases his plan, and it's a great plan, Mm -hmm. and it's a perfect plan. Let me share my faith journey with God. Sometimes the journey was painful, but I had to keep my eyes on Jesus when I went through very painful time, knowing that he has a great plan for my life. In 1989, I came to USA as a student. I graduated with a business major. Then I started a business in Dallas, Texas, not too far from here. (laughs) And the company was doing very well. It was booming. Everything was great. Around that time, in January 1995, when I felt in my heart that God is calling me to back to Bangladesh. He wants me to go back to Bangladesh. I couldn't believe that. I said, God, it cannot be you. It's something else. It cannot be you. Because I had a really good life, very successful, beautiful life here in the U.S. At that time, the situation is still almost the same. Situation in Bangladesh was terrible. 99% 99% people wants to leave the country for better life, for the security. I tried to convince God. I prayed and I tried to convince God. And guess what? The more I tried to convince him, the more he convinced me. Finally, in March, I decided to return to Bangladesh and sold my company, my business. When I shared with my friends and family, 
that I'm going back to Bangladesh, they say that's a wrong, wrong decision. You are making it. And they say everybody wants to leave the country. And why you want to go back to that country where there is no life, there is no security? And especially, I have two brothers, both of them live in the U.S., one not too far from here in Albany, another in Orlando. And when I share with them that I'm selling my company, they say, please, please don't do that. One of my brother told me that in a couple of months, you know, take my word that you'll be back from Bangladesh. You'll not be able to survive there. When you come back, you don't have to start from zero. At least you have something. So keep your business. But strongly in my heart, I felt that I don't want to leave any string behind me that pulling me back to U.S. And I sold my business. On 4th August 1995, I returned to Bangladesh to serve and show Christ's love to the lost people in Bangladesh. Sorry. Next part is a little bit harder for me. Let me... Day after tomorrow, 29th August, is our first child, Delin's birthday. He born in Bangladesh in 1998, but after five days he died on my birthday, 3rd September, because of malpractice. The doctor is looking for money. I, and he inject him an adult expensive in, in, injection so he can charge me, and he couldn't take it anymore. In five days, he passed away. As you know, there is no greater pain for a parents than to carry their children's dead body. I'll not be able to explain to you the pain I went through. Till today, after 25 years, it's hurt me. Every time, especially in the month of August and September. In that very painful time, I had to, sta I had to stand strong on my faith and keep my eyes on Jesus, knowing that he has a great plan for me. When we have faith in God, great things can happen. Without faith, great things cannot happen. Miracle, healings cannot take place. If you want to see great things again in your family life, in your personal life, we have to trust in God. We have to take first step by faith in God. CSS had only 145 workers when I joined in CSS. And now today, we have almost 2,000, like I said, 2,500 workers. By grace of God and your prayer is growing very fast. Next five years, it will grow up to five to 6,000 workers in CSS, the way God is blessing us, the way is growing. Hundreds and thousands of the people will be served. Many new churches will start. It will not because of me, my talent, or my plan. It is only because I obey God and took first step in faith in 1995 and went back to Bangladesh, because of my first step in faith, God is doing great work in a Muslim country where 91% Muslim, and we, you saw the picture 
the CSS celebrating 50 years, Christian Sabi Soeti, 50 years in this Muslim country. It doesn't matter to God if you have any talents or don't have any talents. He has a great plan for you and me. God will do great things to you locally here in New England and in other parts of the world if we just obey him by faith. We have to. If you want to see miracle, if you want to see life changing, changes, life come to Christ, by faith, you and me have to take a step. I never thought in my wild dream that God will use me so mighty way. I'm a very simple guy. You know, I'm, I'm not a good-looking guy. I don't have a lot of education. I really honestly don't know a lot. But still, I get surprised how God is using me. And again, it's go back to 1995, when by faith, I have to take a step. It's go back to 1998, when by faith, I stand when my son passed away. You know, we thought, a lot of people told me that leave the country. My brother said, we told you not to go back, come back to U.S. By faith, I have to stand and believe that God has a great plan for us. God has a great plan for me. God has a great plan for you. Mark, thank you so much for sharing that story from, from your life and from your heart. I wanted Mark to be able to share some of these stories so you could hear what it, what it sounds like and what it looks like to be willing to abandon the good life for the Lord's call, to be willing to prioritize others ahead of your own needs and your own self. It doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. I didn't ask Mark to come up here and tell us the easy stories because it's not easy, but he will be with you. He is with you. We have to have faith to know and believe that that's the case. I want to just talk for a couple minutes about keeping our eyes on the Lord. And if we're keeping our eyes on the Lord, we can't be keeping our eyes on ourselves, can we? If our eyes are fixed on the Lord, we're not looking in the mirror. We're looking, at, we're looking to him. Let me just reread one verse. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, going into the unknown, my own words, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. He didn't fear man. He did not fe- fear Pharaoh. And some, you, 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 you could say, almost like your brother said, you should fe- fear Pharaoh. You should fear what you're stepping into. But he did not. And it's possible to do that, to step out into the unknown, to not fear those things that people would say you should fear if you know you're doing the will of God. If you know you are following what the Lord has called you to do and to be, the fear tends to dwindle away. It's an incredible experience, friends. I hope that you will allow yourself to experience it by faith. And I believe that the first step is often the hardest one. Have you had that experience? Just getting started is difficult, isn't it? Especially when the Lord calls you into something you didn't expect, calls you to do or to say or to challenge or whatever it may be, or to do something new you've never done before. 
that first step can be so difficult. But I really believe that the partner to inactivity is stagnancy. Or stated another way, the enemy of effectiveness is paralysis or unresponsiveness. So often we have to just take the first step when we sense that the Lord has called us into something. I decided to share just a brief story with you today about something from a lot of years back in my life. I was a high school student, and I had just really dedicated my life to Jesus through some summer events, which is a story for another time. I went back to school, to high school that year. I was a sophomore, and I felt just on fire for the Lord. I really wanted my faith to be on display for the first time in my life. And there was an opportunity to do that at the beginning of the school year. In those days, we, there was this thing called See You at the Flagpole. And it was a Christian movement, I think even beyond America, but certainly it was popular in the States, to on a particular day, go to your flagpole at your school to pray. Now, at this time, I didn't know of a single other Christian in my school. But I knew that the Lord had called me to do it. Now, our flagpole at New Milford High School was on an island, a little, you know, grass island. And every single car and bus went by it in the morning. There was no hiding. I knew it. I had, I had done my reconnaissance. I knew where that flagpole was. And I have to tell you, I had many moments of saying to myself, maybe, maybe this isn't really what God wants me to do. Now, I know at this moment, as you li- listen to the story, it may seem like a simple thing, but put yourself in my, in my 15-year-old shoes. And I remember, I, I told my mom I was going to do it, and she dropped me off. I can only imagine what she felt as she watched me walk to that flagpole, as I now have kids that age. And I went to the flagpole, and I prayed. And I knew... You know, I didn't spend a lot of time there, but I knew that someone will have seen me because the buses were flying by at these moments. And later that day, I had a, a friend of mine ask me what the heck I was doing at the flagpole. And it was that first opportunity to really declare Jesus, the name of Jesus that we've sung so mightily. It was an early experience in my life that taught me when you obey the voice of God, and you ignore the voice of the enemy or the voice of others or anyone who might oppose you when you know you're doing what the Lord has called you to do, that, that, that those voices fade into the distance and the voice of the Lord just rises up when your eyes are fixed on him. I want to tell you the end of that story. By the end of that school year, I had a group of friends that every Friday were going to that flagpole and praying around that flagpole. The Lord provided a group of Christian friends I didn't even know existed in that school. It's a long story, but an amazing one of just a step of faith that led to something so exciting in my life. Changed, really, my trajectory of what I would do and be just by one step of faith to go pray at a flagpole. I share that with you, some of you students here because I know that the Lord is speaking to some of you and some of you are just saying no to him about taking that step of of faith, I want to encourage you not to ignore the voice of God. And I'm not just talking to the students, us as adults as well. What is he calling us into? What by faith story are we missing out on? Because we won't take the first step. Friends, that's where the exciting life in Christ exists. 
and I want you to, ex- to experience it, but you have to take that first step. He kept his eyes fixed on heaven, and he saw the Lord work. Mark, I want to invite you to come and just join me here. We want to just share in closing today some, some points about how then Moses experienced the power of God because he stepped out. Now, in, this, in these verses in Hebrews, we see that one of the things he saw was the parting of the waters, an amazing miracle. All of Israel walked through uh, the waters totally safe, and yet when the Egyptian soldiers came in, they were quite crushed by the waves. Mark, tell us a little bit about some of the incredible and exciting miraculous things you've, get, you've just gotten to see because of taking that first step of faith. Thank, thank you, Pastor Craig. Um, isn't it great news that God still do the miracle and Amen. still happening, you know? Same God. We serve the same God that Moses served, you know? That's right. It's not out many, many years ago God, you know, did that miracle, but still. You know, I can tell you one after other miracle, but I don't think so. I will have, you know, enough time to do all these things. But uh, to tell you all this story, we see one after another miracle almost every day, uh, you know, continuously. A um, couple of years back, uh, I was in my office, and uh, I got a message around 11, 10, 30, 11 in the morning that uh, there's a, a village that burned, you know, there's uh, close to 800 family live there, very poor family, um, and it got burned. So I decided, I told uh, my colleague uh, that let's go, we'll, we'll, we'll go there. Uh, around, you know, right after 1.30, 2 o'clock, we are planning to leave. When I got the message that we'll not be able to get in there because still is fire, you know, there. And, and police blocked the road and everything because, you know, they didn't want other people to come because it would be dangerous because it's really bad fire. So, by the way, then, you know, we tried, you know, we went there, but we couldn't get in because, again, because of security purpose. But next morning, early in the morning, me and my team, we went there, and we saw the devastation, the, the, what happened. There's not a single house stand. It's a small house, not a big house, uh, not stand there. So we start uh, helping them. You know, this is the whole place is Muslims. They live. There is no Christian there, no Christian there. So we start, you know, giving them food and water. Middle of the day, one of the very old lady, she was uh, holding, you know, a crutch, um, you know, uh, and she came and she asked me, she said that she heard about Christian Savisoidi, you know, we are giving food and water and helping them with some clothes. And she said that, why you people are here? <laughs> so I thought maybe she's mad because, you know, it's Christian service society. <laughs> yeah. I say, uh, ma'am, uh, what do you mean by why we are here? Because we are here to help you. But uh, aren't you happy? She said, no, 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 no. I'm really happy. But the reason I'm asking you, our people are not still here. And I didn't get that, what she's trying to say, what for our people. And so I asked her, I say, what do you mean by our people? And she told me that there's a lot of Muslim in organization or the rich people or our people. They are not here, but you guys are Christian. You know we are Muslim, but you are helping us. So that's opened a door to share Christ's love where I share that because Jesus loves you, Jesus loves me. He died for us. 
And that's why you are here to show his love to you. So this is, this is the miracle we see day by day, you know, that God is doing great work.